Welcome to the Dorothy House podcast. My name is Anne Montague. I'm the psychological lead for Dorothy House in the family support team. In the upcoming podcast, I'm going to be speaking to members of the family support team who are going to explain something about the work that they do and why it is so fundamental to our patient and family care at Dorothy House. Today, we're going to be talking about um, the psychological and emotional support that the family support team offers to patients, families and children, both pre and post bereavement at Dorothy House. And uh, I'm here with Rachel Burns, who's the senior social worker and safeguarding lead in the family support team. And the two of us are going to be discussing that together. Thanks, Anne. So, Anne, as psychological lead in the family support team, could you talk to us about the importance of why psychological support is important with palliative care? We we know that primarily people are are receiving a medical-based model supporting their their symptoms and diagnosis. So why is the psychological element important? Well, I think... As everybody understands, Dorothy House, Dorothy House provides holistic care for people. So what we want to do is look after every aspect of them. And a palliative di- diagnosis doesn't just affect your health. It turns your n- normal life upside down. It takes away all your certainties, your plans, the future you'd imagine for you and your family. And, and it affects your relationships, your friendships, your psychological well-being. And that diagnosis affects everyone in that way, partners, children, families and friends. So the psychological, psychological support team, who are a team of counsellors and psychotherapists, are there to help people work through the impact of all that and the feelings it creates, ultimately to support people to live in the best way they can, even when they know they or the person they love is dying and actually you know people often say well what what do you actually do you can't change anything Mm. and they're right we can't make people better we can't change the diagnosis and and there isn't a medication for emotional pain but what we can do is give people the space they need and support they need to process this enormous loss and change in their lives Um, because facing your own death or or that of someone you love is probably the biggest challenge that life can throw at you. Absolutely, and I think you you touched on it there, Anne, the importance of recognising that the psychological well-being of people and and not just that individual with the diagnosis, but that ripple effect that it it has in the wider sense with families and, and their networks. Yeah. Um, I mean, in terms of the individual with the diagnosis, they they need to go through a process of grieving for the loss of their health, their life, their future. They might feel very scared about things like pain, the process of dying, losing control and their dignity. Um, And some some are so terrified about what's ahead that that people do sometimes feel suicidal. and, and often feel crippled with the not knowing. Um, the, they know that they know that they are going to die. They don't know when. They don't know how. Um, so it's about finding a way to live, knowing that you you or your loved one is going to die. And I think the other thing that we find a lot is 
people, families, people who love each other, try and protect each other from suffering um, by not showing each other that they're upset. Um, but sometimes this really blocks clear, honest communication and people can feel very isolated and lonely. Um, and, and what we're conscious of is that people are, you know, we think about families and, and couples, people are on a journey with this together, but each of them as individuals also mm. have their own journey. Um, and they may have things that they need to, we work with couples so yeah. that they can work it out together, but we will also work with individuals a lot because there are things that they can't say to each other. Mm -hmm. um, and they, you know, they're on, they're doing a journey together, but it's a very individual thing because it means different things for both of them. Absolutely. And, and as you said there, Anne, it's often about validating people's feelings in mm. terms of the diagnosis and how it's feeling. And, and the theme of, of like our strategy at Dorothy House about making death part of life. It's often um, the conversations that people aren't having, which can absolutely. then pound the, the kind of feelings and anguish whilst they're trying to navigate this. So That's, very much yeah. themselves to support. So in terms of the support you offer, in what formats do you do that? Is it is it face to face? Is there groups? Uh, uh, we have a we we I mean I guess I guess the best way of putting it is that we try and meet people where they are so mm -hmm. that um, it in some cases it won't look like a, a classic counselling model but we will try and see people when they're able to see us we offer one-to-one -one support we will visit people at home um, we will visit couples at home we'll see them in the hospice people can come in and see us. So we work on a one-to-one -one basis. We'll work with couples. Some Sometimes we'll work with whole families. Um, and I think, you know, the roles, as you're very well aware, roles and family dynamics change when one person becomes a patient. And every family and every individual has also has issues that predate the diagnosis. Yeah. And this is a crisis that can really unearth these buried issues and exacerbate existing tensions and lead people really to question everything about themselves their lives and their relationships and you know families have to weather this storm together but at the same time the individuals have their own journey and I think you know we provide a safe confidential space where people can work through those things and help them address and work through their anxieties and hopefully find some resolution but I guess what I'm the other thing, obviously, that we do is that we run groups, particularly we have a, a group for younger patients who are people of working age who um, may have very different concerns and preoccupations to perhaps somebody in their 70s or 80s. They may have young children. The idea of illness and death have not been on their radar. Um, mm. Their friends are all working. It can be very lonely for them. So this this peer support group, which is facilitated by one of our therapists, um, is a place for them to come together and really kind of share their feelings. And, um, you know, there are tears and there's a lot of sharing about very personal stuff, but there's a lot of laughter as well. Um, and, and we can't underestimate the importance of that peer support for people. Absolutely. Identify. 
And I think, you know, we were going to talk a bit, Rachel, about yeah. children as well. And that's something, as, as you know, that we see in our, our group for um, teenagers who've been bereaved as a parent. That's a very strong group that meets, meets monthly. And they, they support each other. There's a huge age range from 12 to 18. But that what they have in common is this loss of a parent. Um, and they're with people who get it. And I mean, Rachel, I know you wanted to talk a bit about um, the work that we do with children and why that's so important. Absolutely. And I think the main emphasis is, as you've said as well, Anne, and I think we both say it's around that think family approach. Wow. And within our team, that is very much what we do and looking at how we within our sort of roles can support people. So. Of course, we know that although we're an adult based hospice, we are supporting people that have families, young families. And obviously, we recognise that children and young people will grieve just as much as an adult does, but show it in different ways. So we vary our approach, I guess, in terms of the age of the child. And, and um, we recognise that children learn to grieve and cope by the responses of the adults around them. So again, it's that whole how we support the parents navigating this in order to provide the support they need to, to their children, which we can support them with. So I guess that the main sort of things, primarily we, we offer some one-to-one -one support to children. So if there's a need for sort of specific sessions one-to-one -one with our, our childcare play therapist that can be um, supported. But a lot of the stuff that we're doing is around that communication with adults because actually it's the adults that's important to that child in their networks that need the resources and the building blocks to support them, the scaffolding to support them. And so we do a lot of information sharing around the kind of different um, behaviours and tensions that you might pick up on a child's behaviour and often that's linking in with the schools as well and, and again the resources so seeing that child as and looking at what support they need where are they attending and are they having difficulties at school and how can we assist them to manage that because obviously we we have a greater understanding around effective bereavement and and if we can then support teachers for example in the schools and perhaps Anne you can talk about that in a little minute uh, about how we want to extend our sort of sharing of knowledge with the schools but yeah a lot of it's just information sharing and just working through recognizing that each child is unique and they'll cope with the death of someone important in their own way and there isn't a magic formula but there are things that can be done to help and some of the basic kind of um conversations around being clear and honest so in terms of communications you touched on that with adults and that's exactly the same with children it's about age appropriate information and being clear around what's actually happening so that other other kind of um reasons aren't created in their mind and reassurance and giving people time to talk and asking questions building memories part of our um a previous podcast we talked about our creative therapies that do some wonderful keepsakes with families and memory boxes we have lots of resources as well so it's really led by the child and the family supporting that child as to how much support we provide yeah and i i think you know we've talked about this before rachel what underpins everything is putting the patient and the family at the centre and in our work with children we know the experts on the child are their parents 
Yeah. Um, and so that's that's where we start because um, they know their child, they know what their child needs. So our first point is always to support the parents, to support the child. And, and of course, as you said, as you mentioned schools, um, yes. children spend a lot of their time at school um, and, and teachers will also have a great insight into how that child is coping. Um, and so one of the things we always offer is support for the school so that we can kind of advise the school on, um, on how to communicate with the child, on how to communicate with the other children around them, um, because it can be very bewildering for them. And we know, we know that the statistics that are yeah. out there show that there are probably a couple of bereaved children in each class, Absolutely. each Absolutely. classroom in the country. So it's 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 really very important that we offer that support and and as you know that the working with schools and providing that support and the kind of um providing teachers with the resources but also really listening to what children and young people want and need in terms of the the support the school provides is something that we're working on right now and and we're building in the future absolutely and when you look at research from adults that were bereaved as young children, the, the overriding theme from, from those adults that were, they felt as a child who was bereaved, they'll reflect on how included they were in that process. And frequently there's, there's quite a lot of regret that perhaps they weren't included um, or an awareness that they weren't included in that family grief. And, and by doing that, that can hinder their progression through. So it's again, that open communication and supporting families, parents, adults to be really clear and open with their children so thank you rachel and thank you everybody for joining us today we hope you find it useful if you'd like to know more about our services have a look at the dorothy house website